So, yes, I agree with what's being said. It's, it's getting much better here in the States, and I think uh, hopefully that's going to happen in Europe as well. Well, thank you all very much for your thoughts there on a wide range of subjects. You heard Stuart Allcroft, Chairman of City Trust, Dickie Wong, Head of Research at Kingston Securities, and our RTHK's Economic Correspondent, Barry Wood. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's take a final look at the markets for this morning around the Asia-Pacific region. Uh, in Australia, the SX200 is flat. The Nikkei 225 in Japan is down 0.2%. The Cosby in South Korea is off 0.1%. Futures markets indicating a flat open uh, for the Hang Seng Index. In the commodities markets, uh, commodities prices continuing their surge. Brink crude oil is up slightly this morning at $66.56 a barrel. Actually, gold is down. Now about five dollars this morning at one thousand seven hundred and seventy-two dollars an ounce. And that's it from me this morning. Do please join me again tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. Stay tuned for back chats with Hugh Chiverton and Steve Vines. The weather forecast for today: cloudy with a few showers. More showers later. Maximum temperature is going to be about twenty-five degrees. There will be occasional showers at first tomorrow, and the weather will improve later. And it's going to be mainly fine and hot during the day on Friday and over the weekend. 24 degrees right now, 90% relative humidity. It's 8.31 and a half. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. President Biden has told Americans they're no longer obliged to wear masks once they're fully vaccinated and celebrated by taking his first short walk at the White House without a face covering. He said the U.S. had made stunning progress fighting the pandemic with infections and deaths falling dramatically since he took office in January. Beginning today... Gathering with a group of friends in a park, going for a picnic, as long as you are vaccinated and outdoors, you can do it without a mask. The CDC is able to make this announcement because our scientists are convinced by the data that the odds of getting or giving the virus to others is very, very low if you've both been fully vaccinated and out in the open air. A leading independent economic research agency in the United States has reported a sharp increase in consumer confidence, with its monthly index at the highest since February last year. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. The conference board says consumer confidence has rebounded sharply over the last two months. Consumers were more upbeat about their income prospects, which the agency says may reflect improvements in the jobs market and the latest round of payments under the government's economic recovery programme. Holiday plans have also increased, perhaps reflecting the latest easing of restrictions and the continued administration of coronavirus vaccines. Government data due later this week will show how the US economy performed in the first three months of the year. The conference board survey is consistent with momentum continuing into the current period. Alphabet, the parent company of the internet giant Google, has recorded a big growth in revenue and profits in the first quarter of the year, with sales of advertisements rising almost a third on 2020. Here's the BBC's James Clayton. During this pandemic, big tech has done extraordinarily well. People have turned to the internet more and more to stream films, play games and talk to each other. And with Google owning YouTube, Google Search, cloud services and the app store Google Play, the company at the heart of the internet was always likely to do well. But with advertisers now seeming bullish about our online spending habits, Google's last quarter was a spectacularly profitable one. Google's shares were up 4%.
Its earnings suggest Silicon Valley's pandemic bounce isn't showing any signs of slowing down. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Tiverton. Your co-host today is Steve Vine. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Today we're talking about the Bar Association controversy and the rift between Apple and Facebook. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she sees no need to intervene in the affairs of the Bar Association for the time being, despite Beijing's scathing criticism against its chairman, Paul Harris. The liaison office called him an anti-China politician and said it makes a mockery of the Bar Association by condoning Paul Harris to continue chairing the group. Harris had questioned the national security law previously, as well as the sentencing of 10 veteran pro-democracy activists for their participation in two peaceful protests in 2019. Harris had said in an interview that the prison terms handed down to Lai and others were the first ever handed down by a local court in relation to a peaceful, if unauthorised, protest. He warned that people may turn to violence if they're denied their right to express themselves peacefully. Well, do you think Mr Harris is suitable to be the chairman? What do you think of the liaison officer's statement? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a comment uh, on our Facebook page. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us on 233 8266 and after 9.15 we're going to be discussing the new function on iPhone and iPads which allow users to say no to apps accessing personal data uh, which is causing a rift between Apple and Facebook uh, our email address once again backchat.rthk.hk Facebook is backchat on RTHK Radio 3 uh, so uh, let's just go do some uh, emails. I was just checking the, uh, the, the the Facebook. A few emails uh, already are on this uh, issue. Bowen says, The reported comments of Paul Harris since January seem to have been mild and measured by any standard. He seems to have been doing what any senior practising lawyer in other common law jurisdictions would feel obligated to do if he or she were unlucky enough to be caught in Hong Kong's present circumstances. One wonders if the spokesperson for the China Liaison Office and various other local pro-Beijing figures have way overreacted. That's from Bowen. Derek says, uh, Paul Harris has nothing to worry about. Carrie Lam has clearly stated that there is no need to do anything to him or the Bar Association for the time being. By the way, I would like to congratulate Carrie on her new daytime TV show, which will be aired on RTHK TV four times a day, every day of the week. Oh, joy. Obviously, Hugh has not been trying hard enough to get her on back chat. That's from uh, Derek. And Matthew says, it strikes me that Bar Association head Paul Harris is a great Hong Konger and is in fact more patriotic than most. Why? Because he has the courage and confidence to represent the views of Hong Kong people and his his association, but more importantly to give honest and constructive feedback to the CCP. His initial suggestions on modifying the NSL were reasonable, well considered and in the best interest of both the party and the people. Meanwhile, the likes of our CE, Ronnie Tong and the two designated backchat pro-CCP spokespeople Andrew Lung and Ho Lok Sang trip over themselves daily in a Red Guard-style frenzy, saying whatever they think will best secure and further their self-interest, all the while forgetting that the real judge of words and deeds will be history, not Chairman Xi. That is from um, Matthew. Joining us now, we have Professor Carol Peterson from the School of Law and the Graduate Chair at the Matsunuga Institute for Peace, and Lawrence Ma, Barrister and Chairman of the Hong Kong Legal Exchange Foundation. Uh, Mr Ma, maybe we we'll start with you. Good morning. Good morning, Hugh. Good morning. Good morning, nice, morning, 
good to talk to you again after uh, after a while. Um, yeah. Let's get straight into this. Do, do you think uh, Do you think that uh, Paul Harris should continue as uh, head of the bar association? Well, I think um, the comment he made uh, to the press was not objective. It was, it was not fair and square because he chose to play down um, the, uh, the the unlawfulness of the act of inciting an unlawful assembly. He tried to appeal for public sympathy by advocating the defense, the defense side of the story. It is fine if he confined his advocacy and his client's stance and defense within the four corners or four walls of the courtroom. That's a barrister's duty. But if he, he now chose to openly advocate such stance to appeal to the public by speaking to the media as like a politician, he definitely indulged himself in politics. And well, the bar is a professional body. Members have very different political stance. Uh, if he was just a defense barrister in the case, he would not have attracted any media interest. But because he's the chairman of the bar, which holds a representative position of all barristers, his statement has weight. Now, he has the freedom, as protected by the basic law, to make the statement as he did. But since he is using law to play politics, he needs to take the heat. And the entire bar is wearing the political heat he called for. Well, Mr. Ma, can I just interrupt you? What you seem to be saying here is that the chairman of the Bar Association cannot speak on legal matters unless he is or she is directly involved in the case. Can you tell me of any, any other instance of a chairman of a bar association confining their comments about legal matters purely to cases which they are involved in, which you say is the only thing that they can do? Well, what I'm saying is that he has well, Could you just answer that question? No, no, you, you've, just said, you've just said that, that his, the problem is that he's not involved in the case and he's commenting on it. Yes, because he openly advocates a stance to the public by speaking to the media as if he is like a politician. So he indefinitely in indulges himself in politics. And if you do politics, if you're using law to play politics, you have to take the political heat. So, I'm sorry, but let's just clarify. Are you trying to say that the chairman of the Bar Association is not allowed to comment more widely on legal matters in, unless they happen to be directly involved in the case. Well, you have to define what you mean by allow. The law allows him, as freedom of expression is protected by the basic law for everyone in Hong Kong, so he has the right to say. If, you mean, if your allowance means legal allowance, yes, he is legally allowed. But politically, he was wrong because he indulged the bar in politics. Could, could he continue as head of the Bar Association, a, 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 a professional body, uh, and make these comments separately in his private capacity? Would that be acceptable? Well, that's the problem. You, how could you segregate a Bar Association chairman's statement to the public as a personal statement and not a, sta a stance of the Bar? How could you clearly segregate the role when he speaks? That is the problem. So do you think that he should step down as the chairman, of, or do you think that the Bar Association itself should well, ask because, him to step down? Well, I mean, down? if he continues to do so, he should step down. Sorry, continues to do what? 
Well, to speak out publicly, in a political manner, um, to advocate... So uh, any, any in, commentary, in any commentary... Of, of personal stance as if he represents the bar. Any commentary on legal cases, in your view, is political, is that right? No. If he speaks to the public, in, uh, to the media... Politically, he knows what is political, right? Because well, we I'm asking you. I'm asking he, uh, you. What is your definition? When we speak to the public, as if you represent the bar, publicly, as and politically on political on, on current affairs issues, that would be indulged in politics. So you think that a, a, a case which has been held in the courts is political? I'm, I'm totally confused by no, no, what no, you no, regard no, no. as being political. All held in the court is political. So if you but, comment on a case in the court, you are acting in a political way. Is no. What you're saying? Well, I not, don't know what you are saying. That's not what I'm saying. There are so many cases that are not political. There are so many cases that are not criminal cases. And even in criminal cases, there are so many cases that doesn't involve political figures and the public uh, order ordinance or the national security law. But if you choose to, because those charges were matters of current affairs, and if you comment on matters of current affairs publicly to the media, you are speaking politically. Well, that's an extraordinary thing for you to say. you saying that, that these people have been charged for political reasons, not for legal reasons. Goodness, no, I didn't know no, you No, I'm saying that. these people are charged for legal reasons. I did not say that they were charged for political reasons. Don't put words in my mouth. All right, also with us is uh, Professor uh, Carol Peterson from the uh, School of Law at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Uh, good morning to you, and oh, good day, and, and, and thanks for, for joining us. Uh, what, what's your reading on this? Uh, do you think that uh, Paul Harris should continue as, as chairman of the Bar Association? Absolutely, and I really think this is a, a completely being blown out of proportion. And Mr. Ma seems to have forgotten that the Bar Association and past chairmen of the Bar have frequently taken positions on legal issues that do indirectly involve politics. And I would invite your audience to simply go to the website of the Hong Kong Bar Association. You will see the statement from Paul Harris, posted soon after he was elected by the barristers, and he stated his position on certain legal issues which are, to some extent, political, such as, he said, if I elected, he actually made this explicit, I will be attempting to persuade the Hong Kong government that we need to propose some amendments to the national security law. He doesn't oppose the law as a whole, but he thinks there are certain amendments that should be made, and that if they were made, it would be good for Hong Kong's legal system overall, because it might help to persuade certain foreign governments to resume their extradition agreements with Hong Kong. So if you look at that website, you'll see many examples of commentary like this, not just by Paul Harris, but by virtually every past chairperson of the bar and of the bar association itself. That's part of the role of the independent legal profession, not only the bar association, but also the law society, to comment on legal issues. Now, the reason this issue is so important is that the UN Human Rights Committee has frequently criticized Hong Kong's public order ordinance. 
and taken the position that it violates the ICCPR because it puts too much power in the hands of the police to prevent people from peacefully expressing their views through an assembly. What Paul Harris said in part in this interview was simply a fact. He observed objectively the fact that this is the first time that people are actually being sent to jail for a peaceful protest. He didn't say that they hadn't been convicted. They have been convicted, although there are some appeals pending. But it is the first time that there's actually going to be jail time served for someone who didn't break any windows, didn't incite any violence, but simply was marching in a march that the police had refused to give a notice of, non-obje- of non-objection. So, and he also made the comment that there's a risk if the police begin to prosecute people and people are actually sent to jail for peaceful expression, there may be a risk that people begin to feel that their right to public assembly is being curtailed so much that we may have more unrest in Hong Kong. And I think it's important to emphasize that Paul well, 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 isn't that the has difference? always been an advocate of peaceful protest. Yeah. He has never supported any violent protest whatsoever. Sure, but isn't that the difference? That, that uh, yeah, when he starts to talk about what could happen and, and how people in Hong Kong could feel... Um, then that is a political discussion. That's not that's not just a plain statement of fact, like whether people have been prosecuted and for similar offenses. Uh, and uh, he, he's joining. Well, if if, he's, may, if he's joining the political of, field, then he's got to arguing. I would say in favour of law reform, and I think that is perfectly within the realm of the Bar Association and its chairman. We do need to reform the public law, the public order ordinance, in my opinion, and in the opinion of the UN Human Rights Committee. And one of the reasons they argue you should reform it is so that people people know there are peaceful avenues on which to express their views. And this is all the more important in light of what's happening with the legislature, because people are going to feel that the legislature is less representative of their views. But if you if you're going to talk about uh, law reform I mean you might expect a, a legal body to talk about the law what, what the law is not what they want the law to be but if you are going to talk about uh, law reform then surely as, as Mr Ma said you've got to take the hit you, if you're going to join the political sphere uh, then you're going to be exposed and you're going to be criticised and you've got to, uh, you've got to expect uh, people will disagree with you sometimes quite you know, strongly Well when you say take the hit frankly I don't think Paul Harris minds having people criticize him in public he's he's perfect he's well used to that but i think it's it's not a question of how paul harris feels about it it's a question of how the hong kong public perceives the independent judiciary and the independent legal profession an independent legal profession is absolutely essential to our right to fair trial, which is protected under the basic law. You have to know that your advocates and that the Bar Association itself feel comfortable taking positions that may displease the government. Otherwise, you may not have an independent lawyer at your side if you are accused of a crime. Judges are also appointed in Hong Kong from the ranks of the legal profession. So that culture of independence and respect for their independence is very important. Now, what Carrie Lam said was fine, except for the words at this time or for the time being. Carrie Lam should make it very, very clear that the legal profession regulates itself, and she did say that. 
the legal practitioner's ordinance provides for disciplinary measures. For example, if someone acts in a way that is inconsistent with the bar's code of conduct, there is a barrister's disciplinary tribunal. The bar has its own way of dealing with any improper behavior. It was totally improper for any mainland officials to make the comments criticizing this because it's not just that they disagreed with Paul Harris. I don't think anyone really cares if they disagree with him. It's that they were challenging the right of the Bar Association to choose its own chairman and to maintain their choice of chairman. Indirectly, what these central government officials are trying to do is to try to twist the arm of the Bar Association to choose a new chairman, someone they like. Well, now, but, they're, but they're not. But they're not. Well, the you, okay. That, no, no. But the point is, surely that they are. That's what they're saying. But they're not doing it. They're not removing him from office. They're saying he shouldn't be in the job. Uh, it's totally they, improper they're for them expressing, to take any the, position. But they are not removing him from his office. They're expressing any, the, the view that they, he should be removed from office. That's the difference. I don't know any, any authority who would say it's proper for a government official to try to tell a bar association who they should elect as chairman. And in the past, when the Law Society and the Bar Association have elected their leaders, government officials have very wisely kept their mouths shut. As far as I know, this is the first time that we've actually seen right in public some effort to put pressure on the Bar Association to terminate their choice of chairperson. So it's not a question of Paul Harris taking the heat. Paul Harris is a strong man. He's, he's been through all sorts of criticisms any barrister has. It's a question of whether the central government is improperly trying to interfere in Hong Kong's independent legal profession. And if they do so, they are indirectly and eventually perhaps directly interfering with your right and the right of every Hong Kong resident to a fair trial. I wonder, Professor Peterson, if we could just look at this more widely, because the area that we're talking about is where public policy impinges on exercise of the law. So we have another instance here, and I wonder, in the logic of what you've been saying, what you think about this, we have the chief of police advocating for a change of the law, saying that there should be a law introduced for um, fake news, as he calls it. Do you think that's a proper thing to be doing? I don't have any, any problem with him proposing the idea of discussing a law. Um, I do have a problem if it's enacted by an unrepresentative legislature without impact, input from the public, and I'll have a big problem with it if it violates the ICCPR, because Article 39 of our basic law says no law in Hong Kong shall violate the ICCPR. But I don't have a problem with someone in the police suggesting, I think we need an amendment to a certain law, and police have taken positions on other issues before. I mean, if you look at our history of law reform in Hong Kong and you go back and look at reports for the Law Reform Commission, you frequently hear views <coughs> from people from all different departments in government about whether the law should be reformed. So in and of itself, someone commenting on the legal framework or perhaps the need for an amendment to the law shouldn't be problematic. But as long as they're part of the Hong Kong legal system, it becomes more problematic if it's commentary 
from the mainland because that could violate Hong Kong's high degree of autonomy. All right, well, Lawrence, Lawrence, okay, Lawrence Ma, well, what do you make of that? Also bearing in mind that this ch- the chief executive seems to have said that uh, uh, there's no need to, uh, it's up to the Bar Association, basically. Well, I, I think there has been uh, callings from the legal profession, to our, our certain sectors of the legal profession, that a statutory body has to be established. Um, which would resume the role of um, issuing practicing certificates to barristers, um, as well as to handle disciplinary uh, methods for barristers. Um, and so, you mean another, a different one? You mean you mean they should set up a different association? Yes, because if 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 that uh, there has been some callings uh, from certain sectors of the legal profession that if this sort of um, political comments um, continues uh, to politicize the bar, um, which the bar should remain as a professional body. Some were saying that the government should take a stance. And and do you support that? Do you you agree? Sorry, is to to establish a statutory body uh, such as the Independent Police Complaints Council. Um, with um, with people um, uh, people appointed from uh, from the legal profession uh, to, to 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 chair it and, and and to resume the role of the bar in um, in accrediting barristers' uh, practicing certificate and in um, uh, disciplining proceedings of, of barristers so that so that it, it would not be the bar would not become or continue to be a political body. Um, as such, uh, do, do you support that? Do you think that there should be a new bar association, in essence? Well, I think I think um, the, 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 there is. We have to acknowledge that there there is this continuing problem of the bar association chairman trying to play politics using the law. Now, if that that is the problem, what the central government sees, obviously, you know, I know, everybody knows. Now, as to whether this would go as far as what Carrie Lam may try to stop is is to establish a statutory body. What I wanted is not a statutory body. What I want is a professional bar that look after the, bar, the barrister's interest um, instead of playing politics. Do you, do you think that the fact that, that um, the bar is democratically run, in other words, it's run by its members, it elects its officials... Do you think that this is a problem? I mean, it seems to me that you're saying that these unnamed people in the legal profession are unhappy with this. They would have a right to run in these elections, and if their views prevailed, they would get elected. Where, where is the problem here? Well, I mean, every professional association um, in Hong Kong is allowed to, under the basic laws, to allow to adopt an election system, a democratic system of election, to elect their, 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 the chairman. I don't think that's a, the election. No, no, what I'm asking is you is if, if, if these elections result in a view other than your own, do you think they should be nullified by powers that at the moment reside in the hands of the Bar Association and indeed in the hands of the Law Society? Do you think they should be taken away until the members elect somebody who's more acceptable to you? No, no, no. What I'm saying is a, a professional body can have their own views in various professional matters. But if they indulge in politics and try to play politics uh, by speaking to the media and uh, so on and so forth, um, they should take the political hit. And this is now a political attack 
um, by the central government on the bar association, obviously. Right. So, so you, you think politics, you, you think that you've got to take the heat, as I said before. Do, do you think it's appropriate because Professor Peterson was concerned about this, as, as saying it's not appropriate for this sort of criticism to come from a government body uh, like the liaison office? Do you agree with that? No, 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 no. Of course not. Because if, for this political, this professional body has stepped step away, stepped outside of its professional role as a as a professional organisation. So it, 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 well, it Lawrence, that is your opinion. I don't a, think a, most a political feel that way. Or, or quite quasi political party of, of, of a group of barristers. So I mean, if you do politics, you 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 got to face political consequences of uh, political comments from from various parties. I, I'm sorry, you know, but Lawrence, simply by saying it again and again, play politics, play politics, a political party, it doesn't make it make it true. I would invite again your your listeners to go and look at the the website of the Hong Kong Bar Association, you will see it has always been the tradition to make comments on law reform. Indeed, the Bar Association and the Law Society are frequently relied upon by the Law Reform Commission, by the Legislative Council, to make submissions okay. on law reform. Uh, that is part of their role, and it doesn't become playing politics. All right, Lawrence Ma, Ma, no. Lawrence Ma, it's just law reform. No. Uh, if you take the example of the NSL, what Paul Harris was advocating was for the Hong Kong local government to change the law of a uh, of, of an law enacted by the central government of the National People's Congress. Now, if if you are a serious lawyer, you would know that in common law, you can't get the district court to out a precedent set down by the Court of Final Appeal, isn't it? So this is basic, simple, simple hierarchy uh, of 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 of, of uh, the. the Okay. Uh, well, doing... We got we got a break. Sorry for the for the news at nine o'clock. Uh, Lawrence Ma, thank you very much indeed for joining us, Barrister, Chairman of the Hong Kong Legal Exchange Foundation. Uh, we continue the discussion uh, after the news uh, at nine. Drop us a line. The, it's going to weather. It's going to be cloudy with a few showers. More showers later. Twenty four degrees. The latest readings with the relative humidity now up at eighty nine percent. Back in three minutes. Period. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. Back chat this Wednesday morning with Steve Vines and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about controversy over the criticism of the Bar Association chairman, uh, Paul Harris. Uh, we were joined by uh, Lawrence Ma, uh, barrister, chairman of the Hong Kong Legal Exchange Foundation, in the first part of the programme, along with Professor Carol Peterson from the University of Hawaii, uh, the uh, uh, Matsunuga Institute uh, for Peace uh, School of Law. Uh, we, she will stay with us. And we're also joined now by Suya Diva, associate professor at the School of Law at City university uh our email address we want to hear you uh hear your voices is backchat at rthk.hk our telephone number is 233 you can go to our facebook page as well that's backchat and rthk radio 3 okay so uh here's, here's some comments uh, on uh, facebook also sort of reacting to this uh, to the uh, story about uh carrie lamb doing a, a tv program which will be broadcast on uh, rthk as far as i know 
it's not made by RTHK. Although this is, do you have any insight in that, Steve? Do you? Do you I, I, I'm just gripped by the joy of it. It's a, it's slightly an, uh, a surprise to many of us. Okay, uh, Victoria says on Facebook: uh, Is it more embarrassing to sound like North Koreans, or more embarrassing if there is virtually no genuine audience for her show? Woomows don't count. Uh, Marcus says for tomorrow's back chat. That's uh, today, I think. Are we uh, Hong Kong now officially North Korea with an unelected chief executive in name only broadcasting a propaganda diatribe four times a day? Please make her do this only one putonwa, so nobody has to suffer the context too. Uh, Tom says we've so we've gone from being a never ever surrender to being lectured four times a day by the librarian. Hong Kong now has less protests than almost any other country in the world, so being boring seems to be an extremely effective anti-insurrection strategy. Paul Harris obviously wants to continue to live in a British colony instead of adjusting to reality. Maybe they can just let him rant. How unfair uh, is it Hong Kong isn't continuing the legal and political tradition of South England in the tiny territory in the South China Sea for the next few decades? If there was any other British colony in Asia to lord over, obviously he would have moved there already that's uh, from tom tc says gotta love steve vines he calls out lawrence mars implicit admission that these cases are political uh tim said tim's got a long memory tim says dear back chat having now gone out of his way to use his position to provoke beijing i rather suspect mr harris's tenure as chair of the bar association will be similar to that of mr vines as editor of the eastern express not long that's from uh, Tim. Uh, Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Alan says, uh, Chief Executive Carrie Lam says, quote, uh, a, a Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she sees no need to intervene in the affairs of the Bar Association for the time being, unquote. What right under what law can Carrie intervene in the Bar Association, a non-government private professional group? We expect this kind of overreach from the liaison office, but is there nothing that our CE will push back on them forever? Whatever happened to two systems? That's from uh, Alan. Uh, and uh, John says, we all know Hong Kong society is being shut down and silenced with the so-called NSL. Any opposing voices or form of peaceful protest against the central government and Hong Kong government is shut down, clamped down on free media like RTHK, education, arts and legal system. There is no free speech, no basic law. People like Lawrence Ma help destroy the Hong Kong system. That comes uh, from uh, John. And CW says, I think Paul Harris was making a good point. If the taxis Association use their taxes to block the traffic to protest illegally, as they have done in the past, they wouldn't even be arrested, let alone end up in court. The law needs to be evenly applied. Of course, we all know who owns a large number of taxi licences. That's uh, from CW. Once again, our uh, email is uh, backchat at uh, rthk.hk. Uh, one more. This is from Peter, who says there are about 13,000 lawyers in Hong Kong. One small group is the Bar Association, representing only about 10% of all local lawyers. However, it is frequently cited by the press and RTHK because it's known for its leadership, open support for the pan-democrats and hostility towards the Hong Kong and central government. Uh, Philip Dykes, the previous chair and another Brit, basically ruined the Bar Association's relation with the central government completely by turning the Bar Association into a political enti entity and anti-China platform. Under Paul Harris, the politicisation of the Bar Association has further increased. Now a foreign politician is heading the Hong Kong Bar Association. 
Imagine the Western media and UK government's outcry if a Chinese CPC member would chair the Bar Council in the UK. Furthermore, Paul Harris is deeply linked to the US State Department when founding the Hong Kong Human Rights Monitor, which under the guise of human rights advocacy has stoked concerns over government policy and national security legislation. But what is not rightly appreciated is that the Hong Kong Human Rights Monitor receives substantial funding from the National Endowment for Democracy, an organisation predominantly funded by the US Department of State. Given the US State Department's sustained hostility to Hong Kong, including its imposition of sanctions on its officials and the cancellation of its preferential trading status, this revelation is truly mind-boggling. That comes uh, from Peter. Can I just say it would be even more mind-boggling if it was true? I mean, I do suggest to Peter and all these people who are obsessed by the National Endowment for Democracy that they actually look at the website where these figures are disclosed. I mean, I, I keep hearing this, that they're behind everything in Hong Kong. Hong Kong people are too stupid to act on their own. They'll only act if the State Department tells them to do it. Just refer to the facts. That would really be helpful. Has, has uh, Hong Kong Human Rights Monitor received money from the National Endowment for Democracy? Yes, I believe it has. So that's factually correct? It's, it's not factually correct that, that they either set it up or they're the main funders. It's a very small sum of money. Okay. Uh, right, back chat at rthk.hk so is our email address. Uh, Professor Diva, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Thanks very much indeed for, for, for joining us. Um, what about those, those, uh, the, the, those observations uh, from Peter that uh, uh, Paul Harris is uh, effectively a, a, uh, a foreign politician, I mean, in that he's a member of a, he was a member of a, of a political party, albeit a fairly ineffective political party uh, in the in the uh, UK. Uh, but it's a very odd thing for a for, for a, uh, a a foreigner uh, to be uh, in this kind of uh, position uh, and to be quoted uh, in this way. Um, is that appropriate? And, and, and maybe, you know, C.Y. Lung is uh, correct uh, when he said that, uh, you know, Paul Harris is, is not really aware of the realities of the political and social uh, realities of the situation uh, in Hong Kong? I think we should look at uh, in a wider context. Uh, I will make a couple of points here. The first point is that we should look at the objectives of the Hong Kong Bar Association. And one of the objectives of this association is to defend rule of law, uh, the basic law, the Hong Kong Bill of Rights, and basically improve the administration of justice in Hong Kong. So the Bar Association's chairman takes that role, I think that is entirely legitimate in my view. In fact, if he does not do that, that will be inappropriate because that is a core objective of the Bar Association. Of course, the Bar Association should not uh, go into the politics and it, uh, it should be politically neutral in my view, but it has a legitimate and important role in under the Hong Kong um, legal system. And, of course, the independence of the bar is critical, and it is for the association to self-regulate and and operate in line with uh, its objectives as well as uh, the Hong Kong rules and regulations which are there. So I don't see any problem in uh, Paul Harris uh, making this point that uh, the the right to peaceful protest should be respected, so and so forth. I mean, uh, people can even talk about NSL and how it should be reformed. There's nothing wrong with it. whether that happens or not is a separate point. But I think these are the points which can be objectively debated and discussed. Of course, this is not uh, acceptable under the system that is operating in mainland China. And I think that is part of the problem here. Because everyone is talking about rule of law, 
but we should differentiate between the Chinese understanding of rule of law and the Hong Kong understanding of rule of law. So under the Chinese understanding of rule of law, law is merely a tool to oppress and uh, further the interests of the party. And I think we see increasingly that that idea of rule of law is being transported and implemented in Hong Kong. So everything is done under some law and uh, plays an office and everyone is saying that we are following rule of law, everything is done strictly by law, but basically they are doing everything, in my view, which is uh, inconsistent with the rule of law that Hong Kong has known for many, many years. What about that charge uh, that uh, Paul Harris is just not being realistic? Uh, when, 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 you know, when he initially said, uh, suggested those changes to the national security legislation, uh, you have to think, well, why on earth would you bother doing that? Uh, I mean, Lawrence Marr was saying, you know, he, he, I mean, in essence, he doesn't even have the right to, to comment because yeah. the, the law came from, from Beijing rather than from Hong Kong, and it's, it's out of his jurisdiction. I, uh, I think that is, that is it's a very unfortunate remark. I did not listen to Lawrence Marr's remark. I mean, Hong Kong people cannot comment on law merely because it was uh, coming but, from. But my point, okay, my point would not be on the on the on the legal uh, appropriateness, uh, but just okay. the the reality. Just the reality uh, is that uh, this is what Beijing has told us uh, to do in Hong Kong, and you've got to live with it. Uh, and um, uh, if he's going to, you know, be talking about how people in Hong Kong feel or the social, uh, the social situation, then he should also recognise the uh, political reality. That is, that is true. I mean, political reality is definitely that, that uh, Hong Kong is receiving it. Uh, they are not partic even participating in this process of enacting these national security law or something else. So we are just receiving it. Uh, and I think that is the political reality. But uh, I think at the same time, if Hong Kong people or the Bar Association chairperson, chairman, to be more precise, would like to say, oh, the NSL should change, I don't see anything wrong with that. You, you can definitely take that position that we should change. Uh, of course, uh, sometimes in human rights law, we, we ask for the moon. We, we go for more ambitious standards, right? Uh, whether that happens or not is a separate point. So political realities are sometimes uh, very different than what we should go for. I wonder if we could just bring Professor Peterson back for a second. And I'd like to ask you, do you think now the situation is that there is an inevitable collision course between people who represent the legal profession and the government? And what does this mean for the future of rule of law in Hong Kong? I know that's a very big question. Sorry about that. No, it's a very big question. Uh, I mean, my view is this, that rule of law in Hong Kong is being uh, dismantled uh, incrementally, uh, using law as a tool, as it has been done in, in mainland China for many, many years. And uh, once the COVID pandemic is gone, I think that will be the real test, whether the new system that is being uh, implemented in Hong Kong is going to be able to manage. Because you can manage institutions, you can manage LESCO, you can manage the executive, you can manage the media, for instance. But can you manage each and every people in Hong Kong, I think that is going to be a big challenge once the COVID pandemic is gone. So social management and political management is very different from capturing the institutions. Professor Peterson? So, yes, I, the big question is really hard to answer. Is there an inevitable collision? I certainly hope not. 
I think it would be in the interest of Hong Kong and even in the interest of the central government to step back and think about whether some self-restraint is not in order. Hong Kong will soon be reviewed by the UN Human Rights Committee for its compliance with the ICCPR. Hong Kong has taken a lot of blows in the international press this past year. I think it's in the interest of the Hong Kong government and the central government to ask exercise some restraint. And to go back to the earlier point that Lawrence Mock made, where he claimed Paul Harris has no business talking about the national security law because it's an act of the mainland government, that really misses the point. If you look at Paul Harris's statement, which is on the front page of the Bar Association's website, he made it clear he was going to suggest some possible amendments with the hope of negotiating them. Obviously, what he's suggesting is that perhaps the Hong Kong government will see the wisdom in certain amendments. They might suggest it to the central authorities. They might actually be reasonable and decide to do something to help protect rule of law in Hong Kong. There are also a lot of decisions that are made at the local level, such as the rules that govern the new powers of surveillance that the police exercise. They are made by this committee for safeguarding national security, and that is done locally. And there's no reason why the Hong Kong government might not take on board some suggestions to promote the rule of law. And that is what Paul Harris said in his statement on the website is that I am focusing on possible reforms to protect the rule of law. That is certainly within the legitimate scope of interest of the Bar Association and the chair of the Bar Association. Uh, but uh, surely uh, when Carrie Lam's very kind of moderate statement, she has done exactly what you asked. Um, they have stayed out of it, basically, haven't they? Well, I did say at the beginning of this interview that I'm pleased that she said it's for the bar to regulate itself. I just didn't like the words for the time being, or however she put it. That That is a little bit of a veiled threat, I think. And it's if there is any improper conduct by any barrister, the first response would be a complaint to the bar and then the barristers have their own disciplinary tribunal. And for her to say the government might have to take action, uh, that, that is, I think, a bit of an indirect threat. And I do think that anything that indicates that the Hong Kong government or the central government authorities might try to pressure the Hong Kong Bar Association, particularly with its choice of chair in a democratic process, I think that would do damage to Hong Kong's reputation internationally. And we certainly don't want any more damage to Hong Kong's reputation right now. Okay, some uh, thoughts from uh, listeners. Uh, Vic says, uh, Today's discussion epitomizes the extreme divisions existing in Hong Kong society. On the one end, a guy who's a mouthpiece for the commies. On another end, a so-called expert who has no stake in the matter being discussed, giving out free advice and opinion. Let's find someone who represents Hong Kong and let them air their views. Uh, hopefully the professor who just joined will. That's Suyadeva. We need to find consensus by, uh, by and not a never-ending debate on parallel lines which never meet. That's pretty much what back chat is, actually. Never-ending debate on parallel lines. Uh, and uh, for, as for Hong Kong people uh, airing their views, well, that's why we're reading out your comments, uh, Vic. That's what was, was the uh, that's the whole idea of the programme. Uh, Vic also says, P.S. Steve has to tone down. Uh, this is not morning brew. Uh, he will bring down back chat along with him. That comes uh, from Vic. That's well, lovely to hear from fans. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and uh, Matthew says, ah, Lawrence Marr is back. Presumably he thinks he would be a better Bar Association chairman than Mr Harris. Interesting to hear Mr Marr denouncing the chairman of the Bar for commenting on legal cases and politics in an era when the CCP has turned our laws and legal system into a political tool. His arguments are as tangled up and illogical as he has always been. This is coming from a man who's a member of the DAB and an Australian educated barrister who set up the so-called China-Australia Legal Foundation as a vehicle for spreading CCP propaganda, including once famously claiming on Backchat that Australia is a two-party dictatorship. This was called out by the Australian media, forcing him to drop Australia from his organisation name. Mr Ma has patriotism extended to giving up your Australian passport. Um, and uh, a couple of comments on our Facebook page. TC says, on this programme I've said the following many times before, telling others to politicise something or accusing others of politicisation is a form of politicisation itself. Now here's something new, it's politicisation if you disagree with the idea put forward. On another note, Lawrence Mars' performance in today's show demonstrated what happens when you're cheerleading for something you don't believe. And Cito Happy Harmony says, can we know more the lawfulness of all the changes of the basic law data to the Anglo-Chinese Declaration results. The capacity stroke intervals that can be changed, the conditions or spirit, if the total content is deleted, changed, added more or deleted some. Thanks very much indeed for uh, all those comments. Once again, uh, backchat.rthk.hk is, is our email address and there's always our Facebook page where you can uh, continue the discussion. Uh, thank you very much indeed to Professor uh, Carol Peterson from the School of Law at the University of Hawaii, uh, formerly the University of Hong Kong, and uh, Suya Diva, Associate Professor at the School of Law at City University. Thanks very much indeed for uh, joining us. Uh, just before we get to our second topic uh, today, a uh, few uh, emails on other uh, issues. Um, Paul says, I was one of the lucky ones to get a flight on the first Cathay Charter flight from Hong Kong. Uh, he means, I think, from UK, uh, which arrived in Hong Kong the 22nd of April. I accepted the limit to only one, one hotel and kept my expectations low. I've lived in Hong Kong for 37 years. Most arrangements and facilities have been good up to now, day six, but I am now worried with toilet and drainage problems. My toilet flushing and coming back through the shower drain or sink, not very hygienic. Um, uh, ringing the Department of Health hotline, the only resolution is a change of rooms. I've now been supplied with a plunger, and later he says seems to have solved the problem for now <laughs> with the plunger. Uh, he says, uh, Paul says, clearly long term this is not going to help in an infection control, not just from COVID, but other diseases. On Thursday, a further 300 guests will be arriving. Uh, so uh, don't expect much uh, improvement then. That comes uh, from Paul. Thank you very much indeed for that. And uh, Bowen says, um, on the Oscars, since nobody mentioned it yesterday, I'd highly recommend anyone who's not already watched The Father, for which Anthony Hopkins won Best uh, Actor Award at the Oscars for the second time, to do so. If anyone doubts the director's description of Hopkins as the greatest living actor, this is another reason to go and watch his performance uh, in the film. That's uh, from Bowen on the Oscars 2021 and The Father. Um, finally today, we wanted to uh, turn to uh, what's developing into a fight, a spat between... Uh, to internet giants uh, Apple and uh, Facebook. Uh, Apple have uh, just issued uh, uh, an update, uh, a new uh, iOS, uh, which uh, re 
which uh, gives you an option uh, to uh, require app developers to request permission before they're able to uh, track you across the uh, internet. Uh, this is uh, enraged uh, Facebook, uh, who have uh, uh, issued uh, uh, what's been described as a full court press to uh, sway a public opinion about the change, since a lot of their uh, income uh, comes from uh, information sharing information about uh, uh, what you do on the internet. Uh, we're joined now by uh, Michael Gaisley, is uh, joining us on the line. He's the, uh, s- the managing director at Network Box. Mr. Gaisley, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks so much indeed for for joining us. So, first of all, explain. Yeah, what does this what does this update do? What does it involve? Why is it so controversial? Well, I think it's controversial for Facebook because they have uh, about eighty four billion dollars uh, in in income tied to advertising, and this impacts them directly. Um, although, of course, you were talking about the, the press. I mean, they've been taking out full-page adverts and things, uh, you know, describing how it will be terrible for small businesses. Um, but then you know, I, I think that's trying to garner sympathy because they're not exactly a small business. Um, the, the, the main point is Apple is saying that its users should be allowed to opt out of being tracked. I mean, it's as simple as that. And I think, um, I mean, that's a good thing. I think as as an Apple user myself, I'm very pleased to be able to opt out of being tracked. I mean, I don't really see why uh, these companies should be allowed to just track you in any way they want uh, and and without transparency. I mean, Apple's actually trying to add some transparency um, without actually completely killing the concept because it, it, it does make sense that if you're in France, you know, you want adverts in French and, and you want, you know, some restaurant recommendation to be something local, um, that there is a certain logic to targeting, but not the way Facebook and others do it, where they're sharing data with data brokers and uh, mixing it in with, with a lot of other third-party information about you and ending up with so much information that it's creepy. But do you think this will work? I mean, you, you, you've said there are legitimate reasons for a degree of tracking, you know, location or language, what have you. Well, if you, if you actually look at the fine print, and isn't that always the case, but if you look at the fine print from Apple, um, it, it isn't just literally a light switch where once you've turned it off, um, there, there's no tracking at all. I mean, for example, they say, you know, that you're not allowed to track across websites and apps that you don't own. So if you look at somebody like Facebook, they conveniently own Instagram and uh, WhatsApp and you know, a number of other apps as well. So um, they'll be able to track you across their own apps to, to start with. Um, and then there's also a lot of caveats in there about um, if, if they're trying to prevent fraud or they're worried about fraud or uh, your credit score or, or checking you know, whether you're making uh, payments on time so that your credit worthiness is okay. And so, I mean, there's a whole load of legal language in there um, which will allow for you to be tracked for other purposes anyway, which makes me you know, wonder um, whether they'll be using excuses to, to, to track you. I but, mean, this um, could just be a, yeah. an Apple PR exercise, couldn't it? Um, I, I, I think that it's a little bit more than that. I mean, Apple are trying to make an effort, but um, on the other hand, when you read the legalese in, you know, in, in this update, you actually realize that it, 
it isn't completely simple, but the, the spirit of what they're trying to do, um, you know, I, I certainly agree with. I mean, I think we should be allowed to opt out of this stuff. I don't see why um, we're always there as the product and to be used. But are they doing this out of the goodness of their hearts, or are they doing it as a spoiler for uh, Facebook? Well, that's a... I mean, they're not specifically targeting Facebook, but obviously Facebook are, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the biggest in, in that industry, so therefore they're going to be hurt the most. Um, but no, I, I think if you look at the Apple executives, and I've watched a fair few videos where they're, they're talking about this, I mean, they, they do seem to be genuinely concerned about the, the, the privacy issues. And if you look at a previous update where if somebody turns your microphone on on your iPhone or, or you know, the, the webcam, um, they, they have a little dot that comes up green for video and, and, and orange for the microphone. I mean, they are starting to look at privacy more and more. And uh, I, I can only applaud that aspect of it because I, you know, I've always found it amazing that we all carry around devices that can track you in so many ways. Although I, it, it did make me smile that the same update that um, is, is trying to remove you being tagged electronically by people like Facebook is actually um, also giving you air tags so you can physically tag things. But anyway, <laughs> that made me smile. There might not be much sympathy for Facebook uh, in this, but do they, do they have a point, though, that especially for small businesses, they um, that they want this information they uh, for the Internet to work uh, commercially um, and, you know, for sort of organisations like media organisations come to mind, um, they've got to be able to uh, make money and they've got to be able to, um, uh, people have got to be, you know, they've got to charge reasonable rates for, for advertising. Um, in, in many ways, you know, the the uh, the internet's kind of got to get its act together and, and really sharing this kind of information is a way for that to happen. Well, I think... Always the extremes, and if you start looking at things like the Cambridge Analytica situation and the, you know, the way that politics has become poisonous and so on, I mean, Facebook's played its role in in a, in a lot of negative things, and and I think that you know it, it's always this tendency where they go so extreme that they create massive problems for society. I mean, social networking shouldn't become you know social problems, and and I think that um, you know reining in people like Facebook is is going to have to be done, although, um, you know, <laughs> maybe it should be done by government rather than uh, by another company, but, you know, it, it, somebody has to do it. But it's, yeah, but it's, in general, it's a question of uh, of just getting the right adverts, getting appropriate adverts that, that are, I used to get a lot of adverts and I was on the internet for um, women's shampoo and uh, Chinese adverts for women's shampoo. What's and I, I'm, not, I'm not a woman, A, and B, I'm bald. So... <laughs> well, I think, I mean, you, you do have the option of, of, of actually saying, yes, you're happy to be tracked. Um, but I think if you look at what Apple's trying to do, they have uh, segmentation, and they're, they're, they're trying to think how you can, within an app, and how you can, within being transparent, um, make certain choices and know about language and, you know, whether you're male, female, etc. But without selling all that data to data brokers and actually having an ident a unique identifier so that they know it's your phone, it's you, where you are, where you live, um, just every single thing about you, and then you hook it up with another 200 bits of information gleaned from elsewhere, and they have such a detailed 
picture of you that it starts to become, you know, from creepy almost to threatening, you know, and, and that that's where I, th I think there's always these extremes and we want to avoid them. Okay, well, Michael Gately, many thanks for joining us. Managing Director at uh, Network Box, thank you very much indeed. Oh, more comments from TC on Facebook. He says, the line and what is or isn't political is very confusing. Was it political that the legal community as well as the business community with ties with mainland China to express opposition to the Fugitive Offenders Ordinance uh, Amendment in 2019? Was it political for the healthcare community to ask the Hong Kong government to close the border with mainland China in early 2020? That's from uh, TC. Thank you very much indeed for that. Steve, thank you very much indeed. Uh, here's the weather before we go. Cloudy with a few showers. More showers around later. The maximum temperature will be about 25 degrees. The outlook, occasional showers at first tomorrow, and the weather will improve later. Mainly fine and hot during the day on Friday and over the weekend. 24 degrees at the moment and a relative humidity of 87%. The Education Bureau will hold the Virtual Information Expo on Multiple Pathways 2021 on May 28th and 29th for HKDSE candidates parents and teachers. The expo features over 30 booths with information on sub-degree and degree programs, vocational and professional education and training programs, the Diploma Yi Jin program, relevant subsidy schemes and information platforms. There will be live talks too. The Virtual Info Expo can be accessed at virtualinfoexpo2021.com. 9.33, the news now with Samantha Butler. An epidemiologist says the government should relax quarantine requirements for people who've been vaccinated against COVID-19, and this would help boost vaccination rates. Professor Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong says only around 5% of people here are fully vaccinated. President Biden has told Americans they're no longer obliged to wear masks once they're fully vaccinated and celebrated by taking his first short walk at the White House without a face covering. He said the US had made stunning progress fighting the pandemic, with infections and deaths falling dramatically since he took office in January. And a study of more than 600,000 people in Britain suggests that side effects from coronavirus vaccines are less common among the wider population than had been reported in clinical trials. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. The news is done and back chats through. And so it's time for the morning brew, yeah. Got special guests here in to speak. To maybe help you plan your week, yeah. They know just what is going on around Kowloon and Old Hong Kong. We've all been working with different concepts. Social media, they ridicule people, they come on the radio. Oh, he's that's tricky, he's a tricky one. But he's so eclectic. I think that this may actually save the royal family. So pass the word on right away. Pass the word on right away. Mid mornings on our THK. Monday to Friday, every day. It's big, it's bad, it's just for you. Must have the kettle boiling too. It's Philip Whelan's morning brew. It's time now for the morning brew. Good morning to you and welcome to Wednesday.